Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to The Reset, a mental health podcast without all the bollocks. I'm Sam Delaney. My guest this week is the most sought-after personal trainer in the Hollywood movie industry. The man responsible for getting James Bond, Captain America and numerous other stars in shape and screen ready, Simon Waterson. I spoke to Simon about his background in the military, how he got involved in movies and the fitness industry and the relationship between mental and physical health. And of course, I asked him who the next James Bond is going to be. We recorded this interview live in front of an audience at Olympic Studios in Barnes, London. This was just the latest Reset Live event, which I host a few times a year. If you'd like to come along and attend a future recording, why not upgrade to the Reset Extra? For just a fiver a month, you get free access to these events, plus bonus pods, newsletters, and access to our community chat too. Just go to sandelaney.substat.com forward slash subscribe. Anyway... I hope you enjoy listening to this chat with the really amazing Simon Waterson. Okay, everyone. Thanks for coming this evening. Uh, pleasure to see you all here. Really grateful to have you all here. Um, thanks to the Olympic for being the venue. Thanks to Jordan and Ignite for being my partners in all of this and promoting it. And uh, thanks most of all to Simon Waterson, who's our special guest tonight. Let's hear it for Simon. Um, this is Simon's book, which is out now, 10-Week Intelligent Fitness Challenge. Follow-up to your uh, previous book was Intelligent Fitness, yeah. and this is the actual yeah. challenge to enact some of the ideas. Try that, to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going to dig into that a bit more. I'm going to talk to Simon first just about his life, uh, what brought him into his current career, his background in the military and so forth, and then a little bit about how he perceives the relationship between physical fitness and mental health and then I think there's a lot of people who have a lot of questions through some so I'll, I'll put a decent amount of time aside for those no worries yeah. thanks so much for coming Pleasure. welcome to the reset thank you um, so Simon 
um, you grew up in Hull, you were just telling me. What was your background? Were you a sort of a guy who was a big sports guy and fitness guy from childhood? I think so, yeah. School time. Yeah, I was, I was always in every, tried to be in every team and, you know, trying to win the cross country every year. And all, yeah, so I think it was, that was the, that was my um, introduction. I don't want to say it was an introduction because you're a kid, you know, you, you like I've said like before, you know, you, you're training like a kid. So mm. Kicking balls, throwing balls, running around—the the usual, the, you know, the, the usual kind of stuff. And then, but then I kind of realised from quite a young age that where I was living was not the most desirable place. And I think from a very kind, of, I was very conscious to, to that I needed to get out of there. Mm. And at the age of very super young age, when you could join the military and you could be you could be in at fifteen and nine months. Now I don't know if it's still the same. I don't know if it's still the same now, but fifteen and nine months. I can't see many people that like that age, but it's like that's a young, that's a very very young age to kind yeah. of like make a conscious decision to go into the city centre, sit sit a series of exams, have a medical, and then get accepted, and then jump on a train all the way down to kind of like to Plymouth, and start and get off a train at, at fifteen and nine months. And I look at it now, I think I must have been like, but I just knew, I just I don't know, something just instinctively told me that, you know, I want, I want like to be, I want to be fit and I want to see the world and I want to kind of like do it differently to the people, what I could see happening to other people. So, yeah, but I tell people that and they go, and you know, everyone's got like sons and daughters around that age and they go, I would never let my son and daughter leave at that age. Oh my God, what was your mum and dad thinking? Yeah. But my, 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 with hindsight, my mum and dad like told me the, um, I, I, as the train kind of like pulled off, my mum just literally, and dad, they went they were on their knees lying on the platform, just like. Really? Yeah. What, yeah. begging you not to go? They were, they were in absolute, yeah, disarray. Really? Yeah. I mean, I could have barely t- tie my own shoelaces and then, and then when you get on the train and your mum's still, and your mum's like giving you a packed lunch and I'm like, <laughs> thinking, oh God, I'm still, you know, I'm still yeah. at school. Yeah, 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 you're yeah. a kid. Yeah. I mean, and then you get there, you get. I've to, got a 15 year old. Yeah, and, and you, you, it's, in, no, it's I mean, inconceivable. It's a bit of a joke. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's inconceivable. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, she can't butter her own toast. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. And, that, and, and, it, and then, you know, doing, doing the military thing, so I went down there, did, did all that, and then, and it is, and I always remember seeing a headline in the sun when I was in the military. Mm. Um, oh, this is a brutal one, really. Old enough, and it was a guy, similar age. I was about 17 then. Like, not old enough to buy a pint of lager, but old enough to kill. Mm. Mm. And you're like, that's a real, that's a real strong statement. Mm. I wouldn't be able to walk into a pub and order a pint, but I can be sent to the battlefield. Yeah. That's yeah. It. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of that age, and a lot of obviously, you know. We all know there's there's a, there's a ranking system and you're very very well looked after, and um, but again, it's uh, yeah it, it's it's interesting. I don't know now it's a different it's a different. Then it was perceived, join the military, see the world, yeah, you know, get a trade, kind of like you know mm. get paid and, and all and, and to, to see the world. Mm. Now it's a little bit of a different kind of like field with what's going on in the world. So yeah, and then I, I caught, of course as well with like. For instance, Northern Ireland, there was like yeah. a, a very real chance that you're going to see active service quite quickly. Quite right? quickly, and that was the, that was my next before I left. That was my next draft, and I saw that draft paper, and it was North, I was with a squadron called Eight Four Five. There were helicopters, and they were the um, the army were pulling out of um, the army were pulling out of um, 
Northern Ireland and the Navy Sea Kings were going in to replace them and that's who I was with right and that was my next like yeah my next kind of like big port call but I'd done Bosnia I just did as much sport as possible to kind of like get out of not going to work it's like I, I mean I'd do anything so like you know anybody want to do um, the uh, boxing Navy novices yeah <laughs> like you put your hand up knocked out in the first round but it was great I was three weeks in Portsmouth but it's, <laughs> yeah, anyone can, you know like rugby yeah it's a tour of Gibraltar yeah of course I'll do it yeah so, so you found ways of like always yeah. ducking too much yes. and dodging bullets yes and yeah, yeah always and then I did something what's called at Ells Court the Royal Tournament called the, oh, yeah. um, the field gun crew yeah. which was really really tough and I enjoyed it there and that was my introduction I think to yeah my first time into London right. so Earl's Court was my first port call yeah. and that's where we, I stayed there for kind of like um, three or four weeks for the Royal Tournament which was, um, which was great and that was when I was starting thinking I'd like, to, I'd like to be more in London I think right and so what do you think from a mental health point of view the military I mean obviously I guess it it does you a lot of good at a young age, but is there also you know is there sort of is there a shock that damages you at all? You know when you first get plunged into that at such an early age, the sort of rigorous regime that you have to follow. I think the um, that what I kind of um, think is that I was so young that I didn't have any opinions. Mm. The older you do the military, the more opinionated you become and the more you question things. But at the age of like 15 and nine, and nine months or you know, nearly 16, you, um, you don't really, you, you, you're told what to do and you just, you just do it. You just react because you're a little bit scared. Right. And you, you, don't, you, you don't have to rationalize or, or reason with anything. It's like, you know, like run up the side of that mountain. It's like, and, and you just do it. And right. you get to the bottom of this here, now go back up to the top of the mountain and you just do it. But the, a lot of the older people who I was with who were in, in the mid kind of like 20s, they would say, but why? Mm. And then the answer is, it's not for you to question, it's for you to do. <clears throat> and they were the people that they got rid of. Right. So from a young age, it was, it was good for me to, to, especially like you say, like mentally, I didn't really have an opinion. I, knew, I, knew, I didn't know anything different. Mm. So I just did what they told me to do and you get through. And when you say that was motivated a little bit by fear, <clears throat> what was it like having that fear? Was that something you just got used to? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you mean... You, the, the, fear, the fear of failure, I think, is, is, the, is the thing, and the, and the fear of me keeping up with all the other people that were a lot, lot older than mm. me. And I think at, at a young age, that, that, that was my fear, is kind of fear of failure. Mm. And, you know, because it is literally kind of like, you know, there's a sheet every single week of the people that are just like, yeah, we don't, you can get back on the coach, thank you very much, get back on the coach, thank you very much. And the fear of that is just like, oh, that's right. not going to happen to me. And with my name being W and everything's alphabetical order, always last. Right. And you, so you're, you're just like this, like, you know, to get in the field and crew, you know, they, they start off with 180, 180 people and there's eliminations and they call out kind of like 60 names. And you go, and finally, and then it's like, and Waterson. And you're just like, yeah. Like, what? Yeah. yeah. So. And you say you were, you were taught Bosnia. Yeah. And, I played, and, and yeah. did you see quite a lot of action when you were yeah. doing this yeah. stuff? Yeah, lots um, of action there. Right. Yeah. Right. That was, that was, again, mentally, I think mentally, um, very, very difficult because, um, you know, every, you're comparing as a military person that. You know, when you've seen a, a house that's destroyed and, you know, someone like your grandma is sat there in, in the, looking through the rubbles, mm. rubble for photographs and, and, and stuff, you know, and it's just, that's really, really hard and, all, and it's, 
it's tough. You know, and you go through a process after you've been through that. You go through, a, you know, like a therapy process after it to make sure that, you know, you're in a, you're in a good place. Because you see a lot of things that you, you shouldn't really be seeing at that age. And you're in a lot of situations what you shouldn't be, that you, you shouldn't be in at that kind of age. But I think, it, it, again, like as far as like mental health goes, I really think it's, um, it's helped me now understand lots of different other elements, you know, how the world kind of like works and how grateful we should be or how humble we should be or, you know, all the things, all the things that come along with, with you know, keeping as sane as possible. So you say that you go through therapy afterwards. Was that something that the military provided yes. for you? Yes. Oh, because yeah. Okay, so they they're very they're conscious of they're the fact conscious. that young people are coming back. And yeah. Is PTSD something that yes. you feel that you yeah. that you have suffered from? Yeah, you don't realise you don't realise that you are suffering from it until you're walking down the street and someone drops a dustbin lid on the floor and you're like, you know, you're on the pavement with your hands on your head. You go. Oh yeah, oh, I'm not. I'm, mm. I'm not there anymore. Mm. Yeah. And that's how long? It. Did, how long does does that last? Is that still something that you, can be triggered to this day? Or, um, but you take all the positives like from from that. So from from being able to sleep anywhere under any kind of noise is fine now right. because you've you've been you've, you know you've got everything going off like around you and um, and it was, just, it was fascinating. I mean, as, as a conflict, you know, I mean, we, we've all seen on the news different conflicts, whether it's Afghanistan or Sierra Leone or Northern Ireland, you know, everything that's, yeah. that happens in the world, you, you know, Ukraine. You, you, you understand, I understand what's going on a little bit more, but um, it was a very, very bizarre, you know, we used to stand there and I remember all the coaches like, used to come, like just like double-decker buses and all the kind of like, this is, I was in split, and, all, and so all the Croatians, they'd just go off to work. It was like nine to five. So they all had like their lunch boxes and a weapon. They'd sit on the coach. Wow. They'd go off to war. They'd do their thing during the day. And then we used to watch them all kind of like come back. Most of them. Right. And that's where you're looking at going, mm, that's half empty. That went right. full. And, you, and, you, and that's so, uh, you, you, but I just found it, yeah, I found that very, um, very bizarre that it was a nine to five job. And they went off to the front line and then came back for dinner. And that, I suppose, is what gives you that perspective that you say is a positive now. So you've seen people live in those yeah. environments with those yeah. lives. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, and, um, and it allows you to, you know, the military is great because it's all about stripping somebody down. Mm. And that's the biggest thing that they do. You know, whether that's demeaning you, it's stripping you down. And it's a positive thing that they do that so that you think and you react how they want you to. Because right. that's that's how it should be, you know. That you need to react, and you've got a, you've got a kind of like a job to do, and that's kind of like um, I, I see that as a, a, a huge, a huge kind of like positive. But you, you need a personality type for that, don't you? I mean, you obviously you you had naturally a personality type that could respond that well. And like you say, some people didn't make it because not everyone's going to respond and see that positively. No, and, and you know, like like, like yeah. all of us, you know, we question, you know, on a daily basis, we, we question everything. You know, that's that's what we what we do, you know. But there, it's when you're that young, you don't question anything. You know, you still, I mean, the the um, the training staff become basically your parents, mm. and you you look to them for for guidance, and you know, and it comes with all the frills as well. These are all the negatives, but there's a lot of massive funny funny positives yeah that you know i i kind of like i had in the in the um in the military 
you know, I'm, I missed one of the biggest hours in Malta and I was on a night out and I came back and I missed the biggest aircraft carrier that the UK has got and I could just see the, the I could just see the back of it going out to sea. <laughs> and I was still in all my clubbing gear. And I was like, <laughs> and then I knocked on this, uh, there was a, there was a, a like a, a limousine or something like that outside. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's my ship, I've, I've just missed it. And it was the it was the ambassador, the ambassador like, <laughs> like tapped his chauffeur and he came along and his tugboat came along and um, so I jumped on this like um, tugboat and still I was covered in glitter and like and it's like and that's a so mili- the ambassadors a, gave yeah. you a lift. No, the, yeah, the military's going off. They're going off. There was jets taking off. There was helicopters Jesus. in the air and they were going off back to kind of Bosnia up and down the Adriatic and I was chasing after it with a tug and it's like. I'm crying, I crawl, could you please slow down, please? I have uh, one young sailor on board. <laughs> I was like, I was like, they're gonna kill me. And, like, and then you get, and that's my first kind of like little bit of, and, and the positive spin on it is that 2,000 people on the deck kind of clapping, going, you're outside. Yeah. And they're like, going, you have had it. And you're like, but it's, a, it's a funny experience that like you kind of like get there, and I got, yeah, I got a big fine, and I got kind of like put into the, the, the captain's office and it's just like well it's like being in it's like being in a court mm. and there's a character reference there your officer gives you a character reference and I got given a big punishment and um, but then they close the door and then and the captain like comes just like oh, come here and, and, he's, and he puts his hand on his shoulder and he's like 25 years in the Royal Navy no one's ever missed one of my ships I hope she was worth it. <laughs> and it's, so there's always, you know, there's yeah. always a little bit, there's a serious side, but it, it's then backed up with a little bit of banter just to bring you down a little bit because yeah. you can't just be punished all the time. No, and, there's and a camaraderie. Was, yeah, yeah, camaraderie, yeah, big, big time. So that was my, that was my kind of like, and I, and I told my parents that, you know, they get a newsletter home when you're in, uh, when you're in Bosnia. Yeah. And, and they, um, they, and I was on the front page of the Maltese Times. One red face sailor left. And it's like, I don't know how they got that photograph or whatever. And, um, and, but a newsletter goes home and, um, you, and your parents get it so you know exactly what you're doing. And, and, they would say, and, and I remember getting home and I'd, I'd done the Maltese time and I'd put it in my overalls pocket yeah. and like left it, left it in there. And they said, oh, who was that absolute idiot that missed the button? I'm like, I don't know, Dad. What an absolute... And then obviously my mum goes to do my washing. <laughs> and then, like, it was you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, all the military stories. But like, like you say, like getting back to like the, the, the mental side of things, you know, they, they, do, they do look after you in a, in, a, in a big way. And then there's the transition from the military into, you know, what I believe that I'm all right at now. So how did that come about? When did you make the, the decision to leave? Yeah, just, well, I just, I'd just done everything. I'd just done everything I needed, you know. I'd done war, I'd done kind of like sport. I'd seen most of the world. I'd kind of done, done all these like really amazing kind of like, um, all these amazing things. And, and I just thought it's time for, you know, it's time for a change of what I would do. I was already super sporty. I was really getting into my fitness. Mm. So I'd done field gun and I was kind of like, and I was like boxing and I was kind of like doing circuits every day. Personal trainers didn't exist then. There was no personal trainers at all. Right. When I went back to college and I started off doing a physio course, and then and then I thought, mm, I'm not. I'm, I'm into more of the the fitness side of things and the nutritional stuff. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like, and then I did, um, yeah, and I did like it was called then. It wasn't called like mental health. It was called lifestyle management. Right. So I did a course in like lifestyle management and and how to look at people's lifestyles and whether and then it was like you know. If someone maybe drinks too much, smokes too much, or eats too much, and you know, it's it quite basic. 
It was very, very basic. Mm. And um, so I did that, and then I came to London, and that transition, you know, and it is, and it is one of them with a bike and a pager. It's really? Like, yeah, and a what, what era was this? What you what it's year was this? What nineteen ninety six? Right. No, a bit later, maybe ninety seven. Yeah, something like that. And so you just came just on your own yeah. to set up. Yeah. You, you, you had this idea. I'm going to be. I'm going to be a fitness coach. Yeah. Well, I, I knew that. I mean, I'd read. I'd read an article, and the person that it was, it was about Matt Roberts. Right. And Matt Roberts was a really famous trainer. Uh, fame. He, he was, you know, and it was basically I was like, I was reading the Evening Standard, and it said the most expensive trainer in London, and you know, and he was about twenty quid, and um, I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> like so, yeah. So, um, and I, I, I kind of like used Hyde Park and you know all these areas now and what you just started yeah. advertising yourself how did you how did you just get started leaflet, leaflets through doors right just leaflets through doors what in the poshest areas yeah in the poshest areas right yeah so Chelsea Mayfair Richmond kind of, you know and you just go and just do that. the whole kind of um, yeah you know a bit of a cliche really but you know yeah and I just did that and I thought you know and then I was thinking what else would be a real Oh, I'm going to go and get my hair cut. So I saved up to get my hair cut in the most expensive like, most expensive place because I knew, I'm thinking, they're going to have all the people that I want. So I used to go and right. get my hair cut and, I'm, and I said to the hairdresser, you can recommend me to all these. Ah, so a very young smart. age of, of, yeah. kind of like, trying to yeah, get out there. Rich people. Yes. Image conscious. Yes. Appearance conscious. Yeah. Yeah. Very smart marketing yeah. instincts you had. That was it, yeah. You might, I mean, I don't suppose they taught you that in the army. You must no, have just no, had an no, instinct no, no. for... No. For marketing and selling no. yourself. No. And so how did that grow into you you working for the sort of clients, the famous clients that you're known to work with now then? How did you get into the movie business? I wrote... Uh, so, so I got into that kind of circuit and I wrote a piece um, for, I think it was Men's Health or something like that. Some, yeah, I think it was Men's Health. And somebody kind of like read it in um, a particular building and that building contained um, the, the production company for James Bond, and so I, they, they, they kind of, they, they'd read it as well, mm. and they rang me and asked if I'd go for an interview, and I didn't know what it was. Totally and I just, out of the and I, yeah, and I just left the military, so I was still, you know, uniforms and all that. Kind of, I just left the military, so and I went to Pinewood. And um, I sat in the cafe, which I actually sat in the ca- the same cafe in the same seat that I did this morning. Actually, and I had a, had a coffee with Pete, and um, um, and um, a little golf cart came, picked me up, and took me to um, F Block, and um, and they said, oh, so so he's an actor and um, he, he needs help. You know, military background is great because you know you'll have like structure and blah blah blah, blah. and um, and and I went, and and they just knocked on the door and they opened the door and there was and Pierce was sat there. Right. In full bond, dressed and, as yeah, James Bond. The three, the three, the whole lot, though. Not, not, not just the suit. Right. He was in wet full, suit as well. No, <laughs> yeah, he was in full bond regalia. So he was in. The, he was well, actually yeah. in his navy uniform. That was right. that day. Right, because he was right. Okay. Yeah, and I, I sat down and we had a chat a bit like this, and he and he was kind of like, yeah, do you want? And his his son actually was laying on the couch playing Goldeneye. <laughs> like yeah, true story. And then. Uh, <laughs> And um, and he said, do you, "Are you are you up for doing this, uh, Simon? Bit of tennis and mountain biking and staying with me. We're going on locations. We're going to Spain and we're going to Austria. And then, um, uh, how do you feel about that?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> that sounds great to me." <laughs> he was like, "Oh, how, how old are you, by the way?" I said, "Oh, I'm like 
27? Yeah. Like, I wasn't. That was 23. I'm like, right. oh, I need to give myself a bit of credibility. Yeah, no yeah. one ever goes up in age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nowadays, you're like, no, 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 try to be as young as possible. Yeah. yeah. I'll give myself more credibility, I don't know. And so that was it. So they, so the movie studio signed you up yes. to work full-time yeah. with him throughout deal, the movie. The worst deal ever, because I knew nothing about money or right. whatever. I had an absolute pittance. And the person sat behind the desk, and I said, they said, well, how much would you like to earn? And, and I said, well, I'd like to earn this amount of money. And um, they were like, well, we can't possibly pay you that. It's far too much. And I'm like, oh, um, well, I can, I can do it for a little bit less. And, that. and they're like, um, but I made a, a cardinal decision, a, a really bad um, decision is that that person was thinking that I was asking for that amount of money a week. I wasn't. I was paid monthly. I was asking for that amount of money a month. But then she twigged. And then she twigged and went, no, it's fine. We can pay you that. But she, but she nearly paid me that weekly. Yeah. And I was like, I'd have been so like, but no. Shit. And I know that, I know that. And we talk about, I talk, I see her now and again. Oh, she's yeah, still there. Yeah. But she gives me great jobs now. And she always says, she says, oh, I'm really sorry in your young days that I really ripped you off. I'm like, yeah, yeah you did. Yeah, well, it set a precedent yes. that you had to break, yeah. hopefully, along the way. So what was that first experience like? You know, do, were you learning to work, what, with someone who's, got a busy filming schedule and you're yeah. trying to train him during that schedule yeah. while they're actually shooting a movie but not too not too kind of like different to um, not too different to uh, you know uh, being in the military it's just right. structure mm. and you, you know everybody has a particular job everyone has to do the job you've got to be at a particular time you've got to kind of like do all these particular things within it. so I'd been doing it anyway for seven years mm. I knew off by heart one person's missing that wheel doesn't quite turn so you know so it's all about kind of like the structure mm. and so subliminally I really I'm thinking yeah this works for me the film business is exactly the same as the military right exactly the same so, so that's why I, f I fit in yeah yeah I, I was like this is great yeah, and that just and was that was that Pierce Brosnan's last Bond movie? No, he did another one after that. So I did two. I did two with him. I right. looked after. Um, I think it was Denise Richards and just really you know, Robert Carlyle and Pierce on on the first one and the next one. Looked after like um, Halle Berry and Pierce, and then I had a long period kind of like off. I um, I was doing different other movies. I went off with Jake Gyllenhaal, and then uh, yeah, all all different. All different and so that so that basically got your foot in the door to the yeah. beyond bond yes. just in the movie yeah. industry for and is that just word of mouth basically it is a word of mouth but the thing is it's you know i always think that you still you, you can have you can create your own little bit of luck but you've still got to perform there's no kind of like creating yeah. your luck and then you don't do very well and you create a bit more luck there's none of that in the film business you create a little bit of luck you get your foot in the door you perform and then they ask you back you know, so what does performance look like then? Is that literally what the clients end up looking like? Yeah. Or is it other factors? All the factors. I mean, performance is kind of like my, the word that you can attribute to everything in life, you know, whether it's family, whether it's business, you know, if you're performing well, then, you know, you kind of like, you, you, you know, you can attribute that to absolutely every aspect. And the way it looks like in, in the film business performance wise is that, you know, the, the actor is having to kind of like do his performance acting mm. and it's my job to take to alleviate all the other little things out of it he doesn't have to think about his nutrition he ain't got to think about his mental health he hasn't got to think about his kind of his fitness he hasn't got to think about recovery he hasn't got to think about anything like that because he trusts me that i've got it and this is this is the path that we're kind of like we're kind of like taking 
Mm. And normally, I'm I'm pretty good with you know. The, the thing is, what the military allows uh, give the, the brain the way that my, my brain kind of works. I can assess things really, really quickly. I know I know how to you know micromanage things and assess things really, really well. Mm. And um, and I always have different things going on in 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 my head. I'm I'm very much like there's always an alternative because that's the military that teaches you that you know like an exit plan on everything. But um, with it's the same in the film business. You've got to have a 10-minute plan, a 30-minute plan, a 45-minute plan, a 60-minute plan. Oh, my God, they've got half a day off, a half-a-day plan. So mm. you're always planning, 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 planning. But, you, you know, it's like I'm always thinking four or five shots ahead. Well, what's interesting to me is, right, you've got this military mindset that you're describing really well and you, and you love structure, order, and all the rest of it, right? Actors are artistic people. Yeah. Artistic minds are very different to that. Completely. They're all over the place. They don't operate in straight lines. No. Um, Also, actors' lifestyles, before they become James Bond or a Marvel hero, are very often not about, like, what your life was like when you were 16. You're already getting up at God knows what hour in the morning, making your bed and going out on a run. Mm. These guys were at drama school getting pissed every night and sleeping in till midday, right? <laughs> so they're coming from a very different place. Yeah, so how yeah. do you manage that? I think and, how do you ma- and, and to what degree do you have to manage and shift their mental health or their mental perspective on things? I think that's where they, they you know, that's where, look, if you're, if you're getting the type of movies that I work on, you're already kind of nearly, you're, you're, you're coming towards the top of your game. There's very, fair, there's very, you know, unfortunately, you know, it, it's not elitism, but there is a, you know, I'm not, Training number fifty-six on who's like who's playing the the guy at the bus stop reading the newspaper. Mm. You know he's not getting kind of like PT six times a week. Mm. You know, <laughs> but, yeah. But there's a lot of them kind of like ah. But it's all as well with with it. The way that I look at it, it's structure and it's relevance. So the process of what happens is that I get a script. I get the script probably, the, and this, you know, I'm probably one of the first people on a project. Mm. So a film, you know, they're going to have, um, there'll, be a, there'll be a script to the producer, there'll be, there may be a director. But my process takes such a long time. You know, it mm. can take six or eight or a year. So I have to be on very, very early. Right. So they've thought about it. They said, this person needs to be able to perform like this. So we're getting back to like the performance work, the performance kind of like um, word. Now, I split the script up into two kind of like different things, aesthetic and athletic. Right. So, so I know the way that they have to look, but also as well, I know how the way that they've got to perform. There's no point in looking great if you've got no performance in you. Mm. And there's no point in kind of having a performance if it doesn't look real. You know, you can't have Thor picking up, you know, like a bit skinny picking up that big hammer because everyone yeah. goes, you can't pick that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, th- yeah. th- 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 so I have to get it both right from kind of like both, both kind of like um, aspects of the aesthetic mm. and the athletic. And then the, um, and then, so, so I do all that. I break all kind of like the script up and then I tell, and then I kind of like break it into kind of, this is nutrition, this is recovery, this is training. And these are the stunts that you're going to ask to be able to do. Right. Now, like, like someone like Daniel, like on the first one with Casino Royale, they're just putting, they trust you 100%. Right. That I've got to take you, put you in the gym, create all these movement patterns. Then you're going to go to the stunt room. You're going to do loads of choreography. Then you're going to go to the stage. And you're probably going to do it about six to eight times. 
over and over and over again. So it's the it's the it's the fitness, it's the movement, it's absolutely everything. Because ideally, they would want him to do as many of his own stunts as possible. Yeah, and they want actors always want to do all their own stunts right. because that's the enjoyable part. Right, right. That was, you know the last thing you want to you know you go oh well I've said this and then and then I'm just going to jump off a milk crate the last kind of like six inches but the stuntman's coming out of that window kind of like yay yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. No, that's it yeah. that's that. I remember one of the uh, Daniel Craig movies there's a huge like sort of chase scene right at the beginning that's basically parkour like yes um, yeah. Yeah. and that is a yeah. huge that is like a massive that's one of the yeah. most like prolonged sort of stunt scenes I can remember yeah. in a Bond movie and it looks very authentic I mean that must have been a particular challenge yeah it was I mean, the, I mean just I, I mean I broke all that kind of like down there's a, the, the there's the there's the kind of like and I, you know you start to know it off by heart it's kind of like yeah take your finger off your ear take your finger off your ear and then it kind of starts and you kind of go and sprint down the wall, over the wall, okay, over the rooftop, through the car. Yeah. And I'm creating all this in the gym. Right. So, and that's why, you know, it's like, I'm a PT, but it's very, it's a very different world that I, that I you know, that I'm, that I'm in. Mm. So I, I kind of, um, I, know, I know the script off by heart and I know, I know the movement patterns I've got to create. And I know you've got to be able to sprint, get off the ground, and then he's over a fence. So he kind of like go. So there's over a fence, which is which was six feet, which I kind of like I had in the gym. So he could grab hold of it, then go over, land on the sand, and then it's kind of the treadmill is like that because then he's going up a crane. Mm. As you, mm. you saw him on that white crane, like getting to the top of that, mm. and then it's all balanced on the top. So it's like at school, it's the it's the, all them like really long benches that we used to hate, and you have it like with oh, the, yeah. the thick side, and then you turn it the other way around. It's like that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all. So, so I created it kind of like that, the, 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 the sprinting and, and the moving around and those movement patterns. But the one thing that I can't take into consideration is that he was just absolutely shitting himself because you're up high. Yeah. It's like, oh, I forgot about that. So adrenaline, you know, yeah. and then you, so then you have to think about what's happening with the body. You know, how are those adrenals doing? You know, don't burn out your adrenals, right? I'll compensate that. We're gonna use kind of like electrolytes so you don't burn out your adrenals. How is you kind of like your muscle kind of, you know, okay, I'm gonna to need to use the magnesium, I'm gonna magnesium, potassium, calcium, just to make sure that your muscles are just not gonna cramp and kind of like, you get, you know, so you're, you're thinking internally, externally, and also athletically. It gets a little bit, it can get a little bit kind of like complicated. And that's why a lot of, a lot of people, they don't, they, they, they do like a couple of bits with a couple of actors and then, and then they go, mm. Yeah, it didn't kind of work because they've they've been too one-dimensional. They just made them look great, and actually, it's not about that. It's about performance and yeah. the mental side of things as well. You know, the mentality because they're just like you know lines. They've got you know like like you know with any actor, they've got to stand on a mark, remember kind of like pages and pages and pages of dialogue. So they've got to have the mental capacity. And when you kind of like with a trainer, what normal trainers they come into this business and they starve them of carbohydrate. And the actor stood there going, oh, God, the line, what's that line? Can I line, the line, please? And they're like, and the director's going, okay, remember your lines? Oh, I'm on, I've got no carbs in me. Like the, the trainers put me on, a, on zero carbs. Yeah. I'm on a keto diet. Yeah. And you can't do that. Yeah. You know, you can't, so you have to understand the physiology of what's happening in the body. And how do you manage them through the stress? Like, you're talking about that, like the schedules, I assume, are ever changing. There's very irregular yeah. hours. There's the stress of being a superstar, yeah. which I guess is just a daily stress at any time. When you're working with very big superstars, it's a stressful experience. 
and there is yeah, learning lines and all the rest of it. How do you manage? They must. People, your clients must hit brick walls or yeah, they they, or stress where they're just like, I'm not doing this. I can't handle it. How do you get people through those sorts of moments? It's like the, it's like the, you know, there's a serious side of things, and then I mean, I've, and I have had different spaces with different gyms. The gym door kind of like closes. It's locked. And it's like this is your safe space now. You know what we what, what we kind of like got to do. You alleviate that and you bring it back into normal life talk about normal life it's a bit about yeah football uh, or kind of like you know kind of like what else is on at the movies so you're literally you're providing escapism and that is a really kind of good decompressant so you're providing escapism from the film the worst thing you want to do is talk about the day that you've just had it's about kind of like me telling funny little kind of like anecdotes and stories mm. and kind of like you know and, and reading the room it's about like mm. I said before the military allows you to read the room really very 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 quickly and know what's going on whether it's mental fatigue because mental fatigue is is um, you need to know the difference between you know physical fatigue and mental fatigue but mental fatigue is absolutely <sighs> exhausting and that comes from obviously using brain 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 mm. brain I've done loads of things like with um, Sarah, who was hard, who was mentally, he was physically fit all the time, Ray Fines, but mentally, I mean, I, I did like Hamlet with him and I did other things where he was on stage, but mentally they're just exhausted. Right. So you have to think for them. You're physically still capable, so let's work out, let's do this, let's stretch, let's recover, mm. but you know, you don't want, I don't need to be asking you many questions. I don't need to be kind of like yeah. engaged in kind of like complex kind of like, you know, what, what's happening in, on, I don't know, the FT or the Guardian or yeah. Times, like what's the front page, you know, it's about creating that escapism. Yeah. So you're giving them some, you know, you're, you're challenging people with the mental health side of things. You're just trying to alleviate that through escapism. Yeah. And that's what's that's what I try. So and there's do. a lot of therapy in your. I've yes. always thought that. Yeah. With yeah. I said it to always. Jules, my trainer. It's like there's a lot of therapy that you that you just have to sort of learn as you go along. You have to learn about human nature, don't no, you? Completely. And, and, that, and that's why. But you haven't got long to do it. That's that's the thing. Yeah. So it's known when to. I mean, I, I learn people's idiosyncrasies like really really quickly. Yeah. Of when they're hungry, when they're tired, when they're kind of like when they don't really feel like it, or when they you know when you need to leave the room. When you, you know, when the phone call, someone else comes in. You know, yeah. you, you learn you learn people's idiosyncrasies really, really quick, and, and, and their and their ticks are kind of yeah. hungry, or you know, and you just know straight away. Yeah. That's why I mean, working with Daniel for sixteen years, you know, I know straight away when he's kind of like going, "It's got to be time for a shake or a snack and it's soon." And you can just see like, yeah, yeah, and that's when you have to be there. You're ready. Yeah, you're, you're ready. ready with you're, the bomb yeah, snacks. Ready with the bomb snacks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> um, so listen I'm going to pass this up I'm sure lots of people got loads of questions I wanted to just ask you lastly about you know just a, the theme of like um, the, the line between being a super committed to improvement in your fitness and lifestyle and addictive tendencies yeah I've always thought that there's a myself I've always thought there's a very fine line and you know, do, do you think that people in your industry are like very often sort of almost on the edge of that, and that's how you, but you harness it in a positive way? Yeah, I think I think so. It, it, but it's really hard with with the addiction stuff. You know, it's, it's like swapping a bad addiction for a good addiction. But is fitness a good addiction when it turns into an obsession? Mm. You know, so it's really, like you say, there's a really really fine kind of like balance. And I think you've always just got to listen. You've got to listen to yourself um, a lot, and 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 use 
use friends, family, and whatever to see what they're they're kind of doing to find that kind of like balance. But but no, you're you're right though, and, it, and it's hard to kind of like um, I don't know coach people of you know because for a long long time we we had like this you know different directors I suppose like in the in the nineties and two thousands you know an actress looked possibly aesthetically a certain way mm. but you know and, and they and they you know a lot of people were getting jobs by from the way that they looked instead of like well the best actor in the room is actually that person mm. who maybe isn't aesthetically how you perceive them mm. but is so much more talented mm. but why have you got this person who's like oh mm. yeah so but you know it is it's a it's a, it's a really and that's my that's my job is to provide complete balance mental especially the mental side of things but I think like we just talked about before the alleviation through escapism for me mm. is the way that I deal with that and, and just give them a sounding board and of kind of like you know it's all about the performance and you know provide like different kind of things you know like kind of like um, you know aesthetic is a byproduct of great performance yeah. if you're performing well mentally physically everything else will take care of itself don't worry about all that kind of like all that kind of stuff just concentrate on you know giving yourself like 100% of your best kind of like um, performance but the mental side of things is is, do, is tough. have you ever had to, do you have to keep an eye on that in yourself yeah like, and you're like you know do you have obsessive tendencies are you a perfectionist are these things you need to manage yeah I am and and I, and I get tired like everyone else and I and if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I have to differentiate between mental health and mental fatigue. You know, they're two different, you know, they're kind of like two different things, two different elements. And my fatigues, I've used my brain all, a bit too much all day. And I've given everyone else all my energy and all my mental kind of like um, capacity. And that's it. Because... You know, you know, you get kind of, um, you get some people who are really, really super demanding and they're codependent and they suck every last bit of mental out of you mm. and 
you know, and Daniel physical. Craig, right? Not, not Daniel. No. <laughs> he's the one that isn't. He does, he does, he's, the, he's one of the only. Well, no, a lot of them, but mm. some of them really. I mean, actors that I've worked with, really high profile, mm. megastar actors, literally. You know, they don't want you. You know, you stay there, so I just need you to be, be there for my support. Uh, you stay there, yeah, right. just be there for my kind of support. Can you be my eyeline, please? Um, um, so I just so I know because it makes them feel safe for me, yeah. your face, and it's like, but I'm just absolutely exhausted. And then yeah. I have to go and try and recharge and reboot myself. What, what do you do when you when you notice these things happening to you? I just take myself out of the situation, and I, I mean, I'll go and put my legs in the air and meditate, and listen right. to things, or I'll go and read a book, or or just something like that. The minute I come out, I'm doing grounding and you know, getting energy from the from, you know the things that people got bit used to think oh, that's a bit woo woo. Actually, you know, we're now seeing all the things with, especially kind of like the um, you know. I've just done lots of things, ice bathing, you know, all that kind of stuff. All, all the ice stuff is just phenomenal. The, the research that's coming out on that, grounding the earth, you know. I watched a thing the other day of um, a guy that put um, electrode in the earth and he had his feet on, feet on his, he had his feet kind of like um, on his shoes. He put it, there was nothing. And then kind of like he took, and then he put like the electrode in the earth and like went up to kind of like, I think like five hertz or something like that. The energy that's coming through and, and, then, and, then you, and then you find out that that going through the soles of your feet and re-energizing yourself in that. And you go, no, that's not right, that can't be true. Like that's woo-woo. Yeah. But yeah, ice bathing, meditation, and that for me, as a quick, quick fix and a quick reset and then kind of like, um, and then um, lots of like electrolytes I'm thinking, I'm a new man. And that is literally, and that's what? Five, six, five, six minutes? Wow. Two minutes of that, two minutes of that, two minutes of that. Like, kind of like, great. Yeah. So it's about knowing how to, you know, treat yourself, treat yourself kind of like, um, you know, properly and be kind to yourself. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I have a lot of, um, yeah, um, vultures of kind of like, Energy vultures. Energy vultures. Yeah, it sounds like you become like they think you're a nanny. Yeah, 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 almost like full time care. Um, Listen, fascinating stuff. Thank you so much. And I've probably got a couple more questions myself, but for now, let's uh, throw it open to to uh, everyone here. Yes, sir. Uh, It's really interesting what you had to say, and and I'm really delighted that you're using your talents to fine tune a fantastic form of entertainment. Thoroughly enjoy the James Bond film. You also sort of scared me, really, about thinking about the way we fine-tune young men to go and kill other people. And is that really something that we should be doing? Isn't there another way? And you talked about questioning. I wondered if you question the business of sending people to war and whether there couldn't be a better way. Well, yeah. Um, I, wish there was, I wish there was a better way, but, you know... The, and, and, and the reason the reason that's a good example for myself is that was I capable of making those decisions at the age of like 15 and 9 months and probably no I probably wasn't now I don't know because I haven't researched it but I don't know whether the age of the military is a little bit older and maybe the age now of where they're actually set, actually they've gone through training and they're a little bit older like kind of like um, going to actually a, a, a conflict but in, in answer to your question as well is that you're sent into a, an area of conflict, but also as well, you're under, you can be under like the United Nations and you are there. And like I was saying, you're, you're, you're there in different capacities. And I was, you know, a lot of the time I was there on humanitarian reasons. So you are there 
for medical reasons, you are there for blankets, you are there for giving kids that have lost their parents sweets, lollipops and a hug. You're there for grandma that's on there saying, come with me, I'm gonna give you shelter. So the reward from that, not necessarily being in kind of direct conflict, you know, pointing your weapon at someone, trying to kind of like protect yourself, you are getting the humanitarian things back, which I believe has given me, you know, the heart that I've got and the mental capacity that I've got from all the things that I, I took out of that. So the war thing is the big negative, but whilst you're in that situation, the humanitarian element of it gives you a really appreciative, humble, and a, and a, and a good heart. So if the kids of today, or like actually went into that situation, I think they would get a lot more out of it than kind of like this all day. <laughs> they would get, I'm gonna help this person that looks like my granny, and I'm gonna get her some food, I'm gonna get a blanket, and I'm gonna take her to the place that she's gonna feel safe. I think that's, you know, I think that's a real, I think that's a positive spin on it. Yes. Right. Great talk, thank you very much. Um, love, absolutely love the story about how you went from Hull to this at 15 years. <laughs> I know, it's like, it's like only fools and horses, like from, <laughs> so from, from, people, from yeah. where to where. Is, it, is that, is that <laughs> the, yeah. from Peckham to Hull? Is it sort yeah. of that kind of, yeah. I'm um, sure my age. I could ask you lots and lots of questions, I'm sure, but the one that you finished, uh, the subject you finished up on, uh, uh, the earth spike and, and yeah. meditation. I'm intrigued, do you have any simple tips of how one can increase one's resilience to mental fatigue? Um, I suppose so, yeah. Those things, those elements that I kind of like talked about, they, it's just, it's so simplistic. I mean, I'm just starting to kind of put together this like protocol of like um, real simplistic things like hydrate before you caffeinate. The body in the morning produces its, you know, its own espresso system. So with cortisol and all the other hormones that's happening, it gets you out of bed, it knows what it's doing. You know, don't give yourself an espresso, kind of like straight away. Even though every morning I'm eating the Pete has a double espresso, and I'm like, oh, can you just have a glass of water? You know, it's something like that. But um, yeah, so that, that's, the, that's the first thing that I kind of like think, you know, of, of, especially with the, with the kind of like the, especially with like the mental side of things. And then also as well, the, I like to kind of like think about, um, you know, none of the sugar spikes and caffeine spikes, I try and take those out. Helps my kind of like, like mental kind of like state. Um, I supplement with magnesium. I kind of like to do the, the cold shower. The cold shower now I finish like on a three minute every time. <sighs> Amazing. The grounding, so I do like the grounding and re-energize kind of like that. And then I just find a, an app and I just do like 10 minute kind of like meditation. And at the minute that's just helped kind of everything. Now I know, like, like you know, with everything, we, we um, like with exercise, you know, you need to change it up. And the brain is like anything. It's a muscle that needs, you know, it's got, it's about adaptation. And, uh, you know, the body, if you do the same thing all the time, it adapts and it becomes, it makes it easier. And that's kind of like the, the thing that I, I think is important, that the adaptation. So I'm doing that at the minute, but I know it might change, but it might be just increasing into the ice maybe for like four minutes and then maybe the grounding's a little bit longer, my meditation's a bit longer or, and I find out, but it's just really, I think simplistic is the, is the easiest thing because if, you, if, if it's complicated, like mentally, you're, you're compounding, you're compounding, thinking about what you're doing, about thinking about what you're doing. So, you know, just 
always really kind of like simplistic. And these bursts now, these kind of like these really interesting, these kind of quick bursts of exercise, you know, for, um, you know, we, we, only, we only get adaptation and we only get reaction through shock. And so we have to kind of like, these bursts of exercise are more and more beneficial than the actual long sustained 60, 90 minute workouts, unless it's specific and you want to run a marathon. But like these 10 minutes and these five minute bursts of exercise are much more um, beneficial than anything else because it means that we're not burning systems out, you know, our, our adrenals or so that. So it's all about compacting things and making things simplistic, fast, and getting a little bit of adaptation personally. And, and it's, it, you know, and for you to try would be kind of like great. And then you just get into the, you know, the more specialist and the, not scientific, but the physiology of it. It's like, then, then you, I mean, I read a lot and take a lot of other people, like magnesium thyrate is now the only magnesium that can penetrate the brain's blood barrier wall, which allows you to kind of like sleep. So it's a particular thing. So, because we, so we've we'll all been taking magnesium, great for kind of like um, for, 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 you know, the, the body's kind of like muscular structure. But for the brain, it can't penetrate the blood barrier wall, and so you need to take a particular, particular. So, and it gets really sciency. But that's so that's what I'm always trying to figure out the most efficient kind of like ways of kind of like getting the best results. And we you know we're all human. We're just looking for we're looking for ease on everything. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, that's easy. But the best results we want the best results, in the um, on the easiest path. Mm. Do you cover some of the stuff in your books? A little bit, yes, a little bit. But when you write, I have, you know, when you, like, you know, as a, as when you're writing books, you got to be, you got to be a little bit careful because it's gonna, it's, it's great for some people, but for others, they, you know, it's not, it wouldn't be a page turner kind of like getting into kind of like um, supplementation and and, and it would be like, oh, oh really, on oh, next page, yeah. Where's the pictures of him with Daniel? It's like that, and it is a little bit like that, you know that. It can be like that, but I've tried to balance it out with, you know, and, and this is the thing, like working for super high profile people or in, in is that you, you, I use them to, you know, to, to inspire people and normalize things because they think that, they think that everyone think, you know, if you're Captain America or you're Chris Pratt and Guardians of the Galaxy or, or Tom Hiddleston in, in Loki and or Benedict as Doctor Strange, you know, they have to put in the blood, sweat and tears and do everything that I'm talking about now. They do the ice bath, they do the kind of grounding, they do the kind of the flexibility, they do the dynamic stuff. They have to eat kind of like correctly on top of work as well. So, and that's me trying to make it as efficient and as easy as, as them as possible. But they, you know, they have to graft in the gym. They've got to, you know, sometimes they've got to, you know, they've got to sweat and they've got to, you know, get to where they need to kind of get to. They're not, you know, they're not, they're not the superheroes that have been, and that's, that's the interesting thing is that they're, they're drawn you know these super, all these superheroes are drawn and I go into a director's office like yeah so we need him to look like that and you just go but that's a drawing <laughs> they're like yeah but like we want the we're like the six pack with those obliques uh, 24 inch kind of like legs um, yeah 24 inch biceps oh I really like the back on this one we'll have him as well and you just go so I have to manage expectation on that. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, admit, that's just from the imagination of an illustrator yeah. who may have never exercised. Of course, and I've, I've been, you know, and it's great, it's nice to sit in the, the, the director's room and kind of like, and then you, you've got to have a, I have a default of kind of like, yep, yeah, listen, that's, uh, that's absolutely fine, I can do that, I'll give you 100% of his genetic capability. <laughs> and, um, and that's it. <laughs> that's where I have to go to. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
Todd. Hi, great to hear you, mate. I'm sure I speak for the other sort of actors, filmmakers, and PTs in the room. It's really inspiring um, to hear someone talk so eloquently and informative about about matters where they properly know what they're talking about, especially in this sort of day and age where everyone's got a platform through social media. Yeah. So much, for want of a ruder word, waffle out there by people that probably shouldn't be putting their voice on things. So it's really nice to hear someone talking from the top table so informatively about such an interesting subject matter. Thanks very much for coming down and really enjoyed your, your talk. Thank you. Thanks. Nice one. Any more questions? Uh, yeah. I noticed that you've had the chance, you're work, working with people at the absolute top of their game in the film industry. I'm thinking more in terms of sports, and I'm thinking Premier League footballers yeah. who have a minimal amount of time where they actually work and they're like falling on that, and they have this huge gap across the week of hours where they're not, nobody's looking after them. Yeah. The old days when a, when a player came for, into the first division, he'd be taken under the wing of, of, of some lady who lived out on the edge of London mm-hmm. and would have seven or eight of the kids and look after them and bring them up. These yeah. days, you're talking about kids who, are, who could be earning, I don't know, t- tens of thousand pounds, more than that a week. Uh, who it seems to me, if they could, I mean, with that kind of money, something like the job you do, adapted to a sports environment could keep them away from some of the gambling issues, you know, yeah. the, the sex issues, the, the not being able to, the money issues, and it would be such a, a fantastic thing. You've got, you've got, you're working with actors who are ready for you to give them stuff, but with younger kids, I think something like you do would be, if you could have a team of people like that working with, with young kids. Yeah, and the, the younger actor being, and, and if I'm completely honest, I get them a lot of the most job satisfaction with, you know, you, you're gonna you're gonna have both. You're gonna have the top actors who have got like a little bit of me and infrastructure and my team. But then there'll be a, a, a case where going, oh, we've got stormtrooper that takes his top off side. Would you mind? He's, he's only in it for six seconds. I'm like, yeah, but that's six seconds is like that's like four or five months. Of, yeah, yeah. Just give him whatever he kind of wants and. They're normally like these young, kind of like starry-eyed, like and that, and like what you're saying, these younger, this young fraternity of actors, and you, you kind of like go, oh, right, so this is so and so, she's going to cook your food for you and you take it home, and like this is your supplement regime, and then um, this person's going to give you, um, going to do a treatment once a week, so you're not in pain after I've like trained you for these four days, and I get oh my, the the. Because there's no expectation there. With the bigger ones, you know, they're, they're not expectation, and they're always grateful. Honestly, not everyone, but they're always kind of like they're grateful. But the younger fraternity of actors that are kind of coming through, and um, that I work with, I get so much out of it. Because, and especially at the end of the job, and you see them, and it's normally like the um, the rap party or at the premiere, and you know, I'm, and I, they're the first ones just to wrap their arms around you and kind of go. And you, you, you know, I remember all those ones and I see them like going up the ladder and you kind of like, oh yeah, he's going to do well. He'll be like, but uh, it's nice to be able, and, and I feel, I wish that I could offer what the top people got and I had the time to kind of put it kind of into, into them as well. It's a real, real tough, tough one, but it is coming through where now, especially in film, that there is now a wellness package 
and there's now a wellness room and there is a there is a there is like a mindful room now mm. so there is whether it's in a marquee or wherever it is it is very much like if you need to get out of a situation and you need some time for yourself you know just kind of like the wellness room is there and it's all about setting up whether it's kind of like you know six or seven like like yoga mats and kind of just good nice lighting and there is that now where men there people are very aware of the mental health aspects of and the pressures of, the, of, of film that you can, can go and you can you know you can have a little bit of a time out yeah. and so it is uh, all the wellness stuff is kind of like coming coming through especially with, and all the nutrition as well it's like it's not like it used to be it's not a, you know it's not a full english and then blah 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 it's all very much now you know shots of this and a bit of wheatgrass and kind yeah. of like and all, all the all the all the really like nice stuff it's available to kind of like to everybody because it's so important that everyone's got performance from the guy that's filling the generator with full of diesel to kind of like to Daniel that's on the stage you know every single person is um, is as important as you know mm. everyone, everyone's got the same amount of importance question behind you there so um, you just hit on a couple of things there about the industry starting to bring it through to lower levels my past background has been in marketing communications and training teams to work effectively. And what we would typically do is do a train-the-trainer package. Yeah. So we would we would brief all the European heads that would train, and then they would train their teams in a lower level. We're doing exactly what we wanted it to do. Is there anything like that that you're ever thinking about doing, or is the industry looking to do that sort of thing? Yeah, I, th- I yeah I think so. And, and I mean, I I love the fact you know the whether it's kind of, you know because it, I think it guides itself as team building right? mm, you do like you do like kind of team building so you probably go off and you know an assault course or kayaking or kind of like you know something like that but yeah the, there is there is a case of uh, but it's about the thing is with, with things like that um, it's that's a one time event and it's done what is it's about like um, it's about education like we just talked about before this is how and the simplistic things this is how you kind of like, you know, you treat your mental health and you can reset yourself a little bit by the cold shower thing or the grounding thing or a bit of meditation and all those little things. So if you educate somebody to, um, to, to look after themselves, that's, gonna, that's, that's obviously, that, that's got legs and it's got longevity. But the team building thing is one day only. No, but your, your skill set is about looking at that one individual and where you're trying to get them to. Yeah. Okay. That's your time. Yeah. We're not utilizing that skill to actually have others doing exactly what you do in the industry to building the depth you mentioned about having these yes. breakout centers yeah yeah what yeah. Are, what are you doing or is there anybody taking on board what your skill set is and replicating it through so that those people at the bottom end that might only be taking their shirts off in 10 seconds yeah, oh, yeah. are getting everything yeah I mean, and, and like when I work on a movie, I sometimes have two trainers with me. Right. So who will kind of like I'll be at this level, and I'll be managing, I'll be managing, managing everybody to whether it's from the usual things, with a bit of Pilates, a bit of yoga, mm. a bit of kind of like meditation, strength and conditioning, or you know, mass building. You know. So it does, it does kind of like filter down, and then all those people, as the as it as it gathers momentum. You're, you're, you're educating them anyway because you're on set all day and they're asking you questions it's like well try it like this and think about this so we're educating absolutely everybody like when, when we're, especially like on a, on a movie and the people that work for me are emulating me 
Right. So that, that's, that's filtered. Yeah, that's filtered. I have like, yeah, and they're doing, they're using like my system and they're using, you know, I don't want to say my system, but they're using, you know, my protocols and, and, mm. and guidance to kind of like, this is how you would maybe get the best out of this person or the, the best out of that person. This person's a little bit more this, this, but so yeah. It, but it is like it's completely kind of like yeah, yeah. Actually, this is the conditioning the way we work. Yeah, and and, and yeah. So I, I've got I've got a good team of people who, you know, they're on board with me and and like and alleviate everything kind of like um, alleviate kind of like everything for me because I'll, I'll just say I just need a bit of time out. Can you just take over? And like my guy Rich will kind of take over and do everything for me, and I'll go off and then come back and reset and then we swap over and yeah. So I have to look after myself as well as like I said, look after everyone else. Thank you. Time for one or two more, if there are any. Tina. Setting expectations is a real one. Yeah. I work with personal things yeah. myself, and like setting expectations of what you can actually achieve if you train one time, one hour a week, three hours a week. You have like the package of taking care of someone for a long time, and you have the overall kind of balloon around them kind yeah. of yeah. say I take infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Infrastructure yeah, yeah. Around them. So it's just like setting an expectation of, you know, like I wanna I don't know, use your example. Feel. Like I wanna look like you and you go like, well <laughs> well, that's it, and that yeah. yeah, and that's like managing expectations. From the default that I said before of kind of like I'll give you one hundred percent of your genetic capability. Yeah, you know, and, and that's you know it's explaining kind of like things like that, and this is what we you would do. This is what will happen. You know, again, people start like you know you got to start off like you know a little bit, but sometimes within our within our business, the training fraternity. You, it is. It got to a stage where people are just coming up with absolutely crazy ideas to set themselves apart from everyone else. Like you must do this to look like that, and it's got to be this. And you just go, exercise doesn't even exist. What is that? Yeah. You know, and, and that's what happens. But you know, people are looking for the edge of like, I have a system, I know it works. This is. But I mean, when I wrote this book, this is it's it's quite simplistic. There's not a lot of really complicated exercises. There's not a lot of complicated equipment, and it's and it's very accessible. And I think like, but like you said, managing expectation is is a big thing. And you know, drip feed a little bit of exercise, let them progress. And the the thing is, what I always find the psychology behind it is that. Us as trainers, we're terrible at pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. No, okay, fine, okay, now, now, now this session you're going to do this. And you, you just, and, but where's the end to that? So you've got to kind of have a cut-off line of kind of going, well, after four weeks, we're going to go back to the very first workout you did, and that's what I do. So I whiteboard it, I take a picture of it, but I've always got it, and I get them to take a picture of the whiteboard all the time. Like, this is you, this is this, this is this. So they've always got it, they've always got it kind of with them. And then after four weeks, I, I then go and do the first, the first, the very first day, and they go, oh, is that it? Yeah, but do you remember how you felt on the first day? So there is your progression. So the psychology of giving people that the sense of progression is so important, and, and our industry is terrible because we, we, we're trying to set ourselves away from, we're trying to set ourselves kind of like apart from, set ourselves apart from everyone else. Or oh, he's the most brutal trainer. He's going to crucify you. It's like, hmm, yeah, but that's not kind of great because you walked into the gym and now you can't go to the gym for seven days because you can't walk. <laughs> I can't even get back to the gym. It's like, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think, my, like, like you say, like, but again, 
I um, I hope that answers. Does that answer the question? There isn't an answer to my question. I'm not going to look like her. <laughs> 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 well, you shouldn't should want to look like anyone else. You should want to look and, to, you know, to coin the word, yeah, to coin the word, you know, the cliche. Well, I mean, your answer of genetics is I'm never going to look like her. Yeah. Because she's white and I'm brown. <laughs> well, I do. I do think that my question is more like I think the industry that you uh, are, have worked in is projecting to normal people, and yes. you think they. So that's more kind of the expectation of yes. after. Like normal Tom, Dick, and Harry will not look like Daniel Craig because they haven't got you. Do you know what I mean? And it's like having having that kind of expectation of this is your life, and this is how. Yeah. Like when you get offset. And yes. you meet someone else, like how does that work? Well, that's always the first question on anything. I want to look like that person, or yeah. I want to look like them, yeah, yeah. and I need to look like them. And that's the default. I'll give you the best of your genetic capability, but you haven't got Daniel's parents, and um, you know, and, and that's basically it. But you can do his regime, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then see what you get from that regime. But that might suit you, that regime. It might be something else that kind of like is going to make you progress more. And that's, that's what's difficult, you know, not, and like you know, not one, not one program fits all. And people react differently kind of all the time. And that's with food, that's with recovery, that's with training, that's with, that's with any situation, you know, in, in like we'll get back to like the military stuff. You know, people, people react differently kind of in, in, in the military. And I was quite calm, like in an NBC, in an NBC suit and, um, and, and uh, like nuclear bio, biochemical like defense oh, yeah. suit with all the respirators and everything like that. I was quite comfortable with it. Some people, claustrophobic as hell, were running for the hills. You know, you know so everyone reacts, like I said, like everybody, everybody reacts differently to different situations. And us as trainers and, and wellness people, that's, that's our job is to be able to kind of figure that out and figure that pattern out very, very quickly and give them the best program to suit them, not the Daniel Craig program, not the not the kind of Captain America kind of program. But we're also fixated on looking like looking kind of like like someone else, and you have to teach people that just be the best version of yourself. That's the cliche that I was going to say. One last question, just a very quick one. Um, sport and exercise are sort of associated with. They've been compared to sort of simulated violence and warfare. And now I'm thinking about music and dance that might be simulated sort of sex and, and good, nice things. Have you ever thought about using music or dance in, in a way to, to, to get people in a good mental state rather than the sort of physically, rather than the more obviously? I think everything's a dance, isn't it? I think that's the way that we, that choreography on everything is, is a dance. Like, that's how we kind of like. That's how I, I listen to the choreographers, like on when they and the stuntmen. It's like all those fight scenes. It's just a dance. It's just and that's you know, all, and so that's how they, that's how they perceive that that it's actually not violence. It's just a dance that we're doing together. And, and music, would you would you see? Oh, always, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as as a motivator, or as a in, in what in what. In what aspect do you mean music as, as to motivate someone to do well, something? Or, in someone's mood, music can yeah. someone's mood. Yeah, it's all, yeah, always like, yeah, always kind of like, always kind of like mood altering. I'm, I'm a, you know, I, I, everyone has their own playlist. And it's like whether that's classical or to, you know, full on whatever. Did we miss any, anyone got a burning one before I ask? Very important final question. Yeah. Okay, Andy. 
Thanks so much. It's been so interesting. Um, I just wonder if you work with anyone, or or is everyone that you work with kind of ever kind of compromised or had to compromise? Or you've seen they compromise their kind of own mental health to get to the results. And what you've kind of done in that situation to, to kind of bring them back to a good place, just because they're obviously under so much pressure to to either look a certain way. Um, or to perform at a certain level. Yeah, I mean, uh, but you, yeah, there, there are there are times when I, and my big thing is that I will not compromise long-term health for short-term benefits. I'm always like, there's no way that you're doing this or being on anything that's crazy that's going to kind of like. And we've seen those types of films where you know we've got we've got Christian Bale. And then you'll have like Matthew McConaughey, mm. and like they they have done it in a way that it hasn't been supervised. They've done it themselves. It's an apple a day, and two liters of water to lose as much weight and look as drastic as possible. But that is going to kind of like have major mental long term effects and major physiological long term effects as well. You know, all them systems kind of like shutting down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I've done that, and I did I did Jake Hall for for, for Nightcrawler. And, and then into Southpaw, then into Everest, Prince of Persia, all those different, all those kind of different things. But you have to respect that every actor's got a process and they want their mentality, they want the physicality to match the, the mentality. Because if he doesn't look like what he is, then he finds it hard to perform. So it's, it, you know, if he didn't look like the box that he's meant to be, how is he meant to act like, you know? So, and the same with Nightcrawler when, when he was kind of like getting, and, and that's, you know, with, with Jake then, I, you know, that was, that was hard for both of us because he was, you know, he wanted, he had his own spin on things and I'm like, I don't really want to do that. This is the only way I know how to do it, Si. This is what I want to do. I want to do kind of two hours of cardio in the morning. I'm just going to do 500 calories a day. I'm just going to, and you just go, no, but Jake, you know, this has implications long-term. And it's like, so you have to kind of just then, Manipulate, I suppose, mm. the, the situation into kind of like, look, this is working. You're looking, you know, you know, are you using the scales? Are you using bioimpedance? Are we kind of like, are we measuring your body fat? Are we doing your bloods? You know, all the different things to measure to find your to find the metric. That's what that's what another big thing that we talk about is metrics and metrics. Physio, physi, physical metrics are easy. There's different ways of measuring like how we're responding to certain situations. The biggest metric that we don't have is mental metric. There is no way that we can measure mental health. There's no kind of like thing we can put on our brain and kind of go, oh, I'm at five today, I'm at six today. You know, that, that's, you know that's internalized. And you, could, you, could, you, could, you can simulate that. I think it would be a great thing to do of just have a scale of every single day. Of like, how am I feeling mentally today? Oh, six, you know, and, and that's a habit that you could get into, 10. Well, I'm in one today, and that could be sent to a place where you know if you're feeling like a one, then you should try doing X, Y, and Z. If you're feeling like a five, do X, Y, and Z. If you're feeling like a ten, happy days. You're you're having a really good day. But yeah, but you know, in answer to your question, you know, it is it is kind of um, it's tough managing the, the mental side of things like that, of of, of especially their expectation because they the actors want to look a particular way, and they they, they um. Because they encompass character, the, the the top top ones, 
you know, it's, it's frightening sometimes, and, and that's when you've got to be a, you know, they have to trust you, a professional, and because um, they'll have done it away themselves when they maybe couldn't have somebody like me to manage it or micromanage it. But, but me now being able to kind of do it in the healthiest way possible is the most important way to me. Have you ever had to detrain someone to fit an aesthetic? And does that have a mental health effect? Um, yeah, that's the, that's the biggest thing is kind of like, and that's what, and that's what um, I've just done, I've done a few big movies, um, like where I've had to, they've had to, say for instance, aesthetically, they have to be a little bit bigger. Um, Tom Hiddleston, he had to be a little bit bigger for when he was doing Kong. He's a runner, he loves running, it's his escapism. Music on, in answer to your question about music, music on, it's his escapism from kind of like the, the kind of like the world that he's, that he's um, encompassing. Um, but I've got to tell him to stop doing the things he loves because he needs to look a certain way for the character. So it's all about just changing the regime a little bit. But D, I mean, overtraining is the, is the, big, is the biggest thing. And that's what kind of like, what's sort of funny, like people who hear me, like an, you know, an actor kind of go, so what are we doing tonight? I'm not doing anything tonight. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm not doing anything tonight. It's rest, it's rest tonight. It's kind of like, you know, it's, um, you just do what you want. And you're like, oh, well, I don't know what to do with that. I'm like, go do something kind of like what you like doing. And then, and then, and then but, and then you get the person kind of going, I'm not paying you not to train. <laughs> but, well, you're kind of telling me, you're paying me to tell that person not to train. And that is a professional decision. And it's a really, you know, it's a really, to tell people not to do something and do what you like. And I'm, I'm going on as well. So you're like, yeah, but you're being paid to. I'm like, yeah, but you dare do it. Yeah. Because you're frightened of him. But I'm not. There's <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of that. Yeah. So detraining, I suppose. And again, I mean, um, Overtraining or over enthusiasm, or you know, there's a fight, there's a fine line between it. But to get the desired results, you have to bring sometimes you've got to bring it back to actually, you know, to get the adaptation you want because you can't just keep compounding all the time. Um, right, you've been very generous with your time, we've covered so much stuff really appreciative lots of details some dark places too but there's one question that everyone wants to ask but no one has but I will because it's the most important one is who wins a fight between let's say Daniel Craig this is a real fight we've seen them all fight yeah. choreographed but you know Daniel Craig Chris, Captain America Chris Evans Jake Gyllenhaal Tom Hiddleston who wins the fight Daniel every single time yeah that's who yeah. my money would be on yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why? Killer Instinct. All right, well, Fight dirty. Yeah, maybe Killer Instinct and probably, yeah, and everyone else, you know, I don't want to say, like, you know, Tom's an eating boy. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of, like, kind of, like, all that. He's, he's it. But, yeah. but, you know, you would think that, but the, the, like Daniel, my God, his scope of what he can do is insane. And, that, the, 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 and again, from Bond to Macbeth, Whoa! Mm. You just go, wow! Yeah, he can. He There's can, a few good fights in Macbeth, to be fair. Yeah, mm. he, he, it's serious. That's that's serious. Work. Are you and are you continuing to work with him going forward post Bond? Yeah, yeah. I've just finished. I've just come back from Italy literally last week. Right, and we just we've just been doing another, you know, and he, you know he'll have amazing. I'm, I suppose he's going to have offer after offer after yeah. offer but Knives Out is a new franchise as well, isn't yeah, it? Really? It's, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. There's another one of those, and the, there's like. 
lots of other things, but you know, he's, he's, he loves the stage. And but are you still in the employ of the James Bond outfit? And who's going to be the new yeah, Bond that you'll be yeah. training? Well, you exactly. knew that was coming. Yeah, I, of course I did. Yeah, but I mean, whoever it is, yeah, it, it, and that's a call that I and I, I think I've, I don't know whether I've had enough or not. I've done I've done twenty twenty years of it and twenty two years of it, and I don't know whether I've still got the. My, it depends. It all depends. Can I take it on again? Because it's going to be a person at that age and this this kind. And I'm getting a little bit older. It's going to have to be 36 to kind of like 39 thereabouts to do it. And mm. you know, it's going to need a lot of energy. And they maybe not want. Again, they may not. They might not want the trainer that trained Daniel. They may just want a clean slate and a complete like, reboot on all the teams behind it. Mm. You know. So, but I, I'd love to kind of do it again. And you know, and the producer kind of like um, Barbara. You know, she's she's quite. Yeah. She, when I see the the phone kind of like ringing and it's that, I, that's I'm literally like ditching everything and, and kind of like okay. Yeah. I take that yeah. call and I took the call. I took the call not far from here when I got the Daniel job. I was in um, I was in Hampton Court. And I was with Marty McCutcheon, who was doing My Fair Lady. Very bizarre. I know, very, very bizarre. Contrasting. Yeah, very contrast. And I'm like, this is, just wait a minute. My phone's ringing. I'm like, hello? And they're like, oh, hey. So, and I'm like, oh, my God. So, can you go to Washington tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, there's a guy that I need to see transforming to something that I didn't, you can't talk about. And, and, that, and that just, I'll, I'm, sending you, I'm sending the ticket and off you go. And that's that's the, that was the first call. But that call's probably gonna. I hope it comes again. Yeah. And it would be great to do. Do you it. know when? Are you, have you got any expert expectation of when this is gonna happen? No. no. I can't imagine it's gonna be that. They they normally leave big chunks, right? Between. Yeah. I mean, between Pierce and, and Daniel, I don't know how long that was. Maybe mm. five, six years. Mm. But mm. the natural pattern of how long it takes, you know, you kind of like go well. There's at least kind of like eight months pre-production. There's at least six months filming. There's at least kind of like six months of like editing and then there's probably three months of promotion so even if we sat here now you can't go it's two three years away yeah right right, right. As, yeah. as as it feels like logically in the filmmaking process yeah every film yeah yeah simon thanks so much pleasure reminder to Um, to buy this thank you ever so much for <laughs> coming tonight and um, see you next time cheers I'll be down in the bar afterwards nice one there you go Simon Waterson so much more than just a personal trainer a real inspiration in so many ways and you can buy his book now it's called the 10 week intelligent fitness challenge and I've put a link to it in the show notes i thoroughly enjoyed that event and meeting some of the reset subscribers face to face afterwards to attend future events upgrade to the reset extra at samdelaney.substat.com forward slash subscribe until next time gang be lucky and don't let the dickheads get you down planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.